0: These days, a lot of people are learning about the benefits of fasting, like weight loss, mental and physical performance, gut health. But they worry about the whole not eating part. Well, that's exactly why Prolon was created. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe they're fasting, giving you all the benefits. This has been researched and developed for decades at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute and backed by leading U.S. medical centers. Prolon helps promote healthy blood sugar, support cardiovascular health, and reduce abdominal fat. But Prolon isn't a diet. It's science. Science based on Nobel Prize-winning discoveries in medicine. And it all starts with Prolon's five-day program. Snacks, soups, beverages— All designed to keep your body in a fasting state. If I was going to start a nutrition program, Prolon is exactly what I'd use. Convenience, backed by Nobel-winning science that works. Right now, Prolon is offering Beyond the To-Do List listeners 10% off their 5-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash beyond. That's P-R-O-L-O-N-L-I-F-E dot com slash beyond for this special offer. That's prolonlife.com slash beyond. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm talking with my friend, Jim Woods. He's been on the show before. And in this conversation, we talk about something that is kind of prevalent at this time of year, which is getting unstuck, feeling stuck or being stuck and assessing which is which. Maybe you are stuck and you feel stuck or maybe you aren't stuck, but you just feel stuck. It's about getting unstuck either way. It's about gaining awareness on your situation. Ultimately, it's about stopping being blind to your blind spots. Since Jim and I know each other, this is a very conversational recording, so I know you're going to enjoy it. Before we get into that, I want to make one quick mention. It is that time of year for giving. My friend Ryan McRae and I have decided to give away some productivity books that are going to start your new year off right. I'll list them off here real quick. One is the Ryder Carroll bullet journal method book. Ryder was just on the show a few weeks ago. Atomic Habits by James Clear. That is the episode that is coming out next. Hint, hint. It's that good of a book. Your Best Year Ever by Michael Hyatt. That's a no-brainer. And Running Down a Dream by Tim Grawl. So we are going to be giving those four books away to five lucky people. So all you need to do to go enter to win is go over to beyondthetodolist.com slash book bundle. That's beyondthetodolist.com slash book bundle. All right. Now I'll get out of the way and enjoy this conversation with Jim Woods.
1: Well,
0: this week, it is my privilege to welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Jim Woods, welcome back.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? About 5 years, man.
0: I don't know. I think you've been on once or twice. I can't remember at this point. For those I'm that way- don't know, like it was a while ago that we put out those two books and yeah, that was gosh, I don't know. Things things got crazy in both our lives basically with positions <laughs> changing and locations changing even and and all right. of that. So Right. But, I, you know, I wanted to have you back and and you were definitely more than game for it. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. And, you know, we're talking kind of nitty gritty rubber meets the road. We're 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 both all about practicality. Mm. And I think one of the most practical things that you can talk about is this idea of not just feeling stuck, but maybe actually being stuck or actually really finding out if you are or not. I know that we've both had experiences with that, right?
1: (laughs) Sure, absolutely. I think everybody has. And it's frustrating and irritating and annoying. And it can even be depressing um, if you're stuck for quite a while. So yeah, I think this is a really important topic.
0: Well, and there's a number of different ways that you can be stuck or feel stuck. And I think let's start with that. Let's start with actually the difference between being stuck and feeling stuck and kind of testing out which one of those is the case, if either of them is the case, because you you may actually literally be stuck and feel it, or you may just feel it, and maybe the just feeling it is just a feeling if you can follow what that meant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll do my best, oh think, my gosh, I think Eric, you know what I think i I would back away even more, and I would say, is it short term or is it mm, long term? That's because I think we all hit the you know, we have a bad week, we have a bad day, we could even potentially have a really bad month, which would mean, you know, life is just spiraling. For me, typically, I know this is kind of funny, but timing wise, especially, like November is always the month when the car breaks down, and the kids get sick. And it's just always November for me. And (laughs) it's funny. And it's like, you it's really frustrating. And you're like, Oh, my goodness, all this craziness going on. Well, I've, I've chatted with my wife about it and it's like, seriously, if you look back historically, it's like always November when it starts to really get colder. And, you know, I mean, I think there is a physical element to this, especially if you're getting sick or, you know, you know, this firsthand as a parent, when your kids are sick, you might as well be sick Mm -hmm. too, because you're not getting sleep. You're worried and concerned about them. Um, your spouse, I mean, the whole relationships, everything kind of goes a bit haywire and then, you know, throw some snow in the mix and holidays and it's like no wonder it's such a stressful month. And you know, if you're like me and you're a little extra crazy and you're like, Oh yeah, let's do nano it's November. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, throw that on top of it. And I'm kinda like, you know what, I love the concept, but maybe not maybe not November. Pick maybe that month
0: anyway. That is just do insane. Do it do it
1: another time. Do your own thing and yeah. you know, have your own accountability. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not November writing month is, is right. whatever the acronym for that would be. Yeah. Yeah. When my kids get sick though, I don't just worry about them. I worry about me. I get paranoid that I'm going to get sick next. And then that's going to, you know, spiral down into lack of work getting done or deadlines that I have to meet and power through, even though I am yeah. sick, uh, you know, various different kinds of sicknesses. That had come upon at right. that time of year. Plus, you've got the holidays coming up and you've yeah, got the yeah. end of the year coming up. That no matter how much some people, like mutual friends of ours, talk about starting their year at a different time of the year and not January. <laughs> um, we left
1: my party. It's okay. Yes, we, love we you. do. Um,
0: <laughs> there's still a psychological thing where everybody else is talking about it that way or acting. That way, that you can't help but have a little bit of a residual psychic you know psychic energy or psychic i i don't I don't whatever you, you know <laughs> mass feelings attack, in other words yes. so yes. but I like that yeah it, it, so yeah i I think the timing of it is definitely a thing, and I think you know right now we're recording this in. October. So yep. that season is coming on and you know, it I is. always have that. I always do. Like it's that it's not just November for me, by the way, it's right. always it's November
1: and December building up into January. It's like those, that three month period for you.
0: It, sometimes it spills over into February too, if the weather doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, part of this is probably a little bit of seasonal effectiveness disorder sure, of, or affective sure. disorder. I would yeah. call it seasonal, non-affected, non effective disorder where I become completely unaffected.
1: On <laughs> <things>. <laughs> and- and that's okay, though, Eric, the good news is a you're aware of it. And that's huge, because let's be honest, you know, you're going to have to hustle more in October and do more in March. And you know, what I mean, I think there's a seasonality to this, as far as, you know, even the productivity angle. And also, I would say, you know, when we were talking about, you know, being stuck, all right, that's a pretty long time period. And but you're going to have some very productive spurts, even during that you know, slower time of the year. And I think the challenge is what if you're stuck, you know, it feels like for six months, what if it feels Mm. like you're stuck all year long and having been there, having kind of done that to my extent, my own personal story, I think a lot of it is, you know, something's got to change. So you really have to establish new habits, you know, look at the habits you already have and like establish new healthy habits for me writing, man, that was the complete game changer. Before I was writing, Eric, you wouldn't, you wouldn't recognize me. You would have been like, who is that guy? He's just kind of cranky and lives for the weekends. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And it's kind of like, I just, you know, you're drifting along, very status quo driven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and I can imagine that, you know, you being a writer, you would translate it, uh, you know, the feeling of being stuck outside of writing And in life in general, as being almost like writer's block for your life.
1: I think it's a decent enough analogy um, where you just, you know, it's overwhelmed, confused, uh, indecisive. I think indecisive, honestly, Eric, is one of the biggest like tip-offs for anybody. If you're really indecisive, I mean, it's one thing to think about something and uh, just be uncertain, like a specific question, a specific topic. But it's something else when you're like, okay, I have this answer on Monday and this answer on Wednesday and this answer on Friday. And it's it's almost like that becomes a hamster wheel of sorts. And you're just afraid, you're paralyzed to make any one decision. And I think that even applies to writer's block where, you know, you got to be okay with making a few mistakes and you got to be okay with, you know, editing and deleting a few things. Yeah. I think that goes for your life as well. So it really is, it's like, okay, what's the next easy, simple, you know, thing you can start like today. And I know we've chatted about this before, but you know, it could be drinking more water, which gets you a little more physical, a little, you have to move to drink more water (laughs) and, and then, okay, well that could easily lead to an exercise or walking habit. I know for a while, Eric, you were very adamant about your, your step count, right? Remember that? And you were so adamant, you're like, I've all my steps. I you know, you get a little a little uh, a little uh, obsessed with it in a good way because it's like you don't want to break that chain. You want to keep that, you know, keep that momentum going.
0: Yeah, exactly. And And I think then, you know, going back to what you were saying is is feeling it out, having some self-awareness about this stuckness, this stickiness of determining, you know, is it is it temporary? Is it just a day or have you been feeling like this for a week or is it a month? And if it is that month, not to make this very obvious joke, but is it that time of month or is it that month that's, you know, is it is it a reoccurring seasonal thing? You know what I'm saying? Like, take the pulse of where it is in the calendar year and with what's going on. Are there abnormal things? Because, you know, for example, for me, like we my wife started a new job without quitting her other part time job. So she had two of them. Yeah. On top of the kids starting school, on top of my daughter having cross country, on top of both kids doing soccer in the evenings. Wow. And I'm like, no wonder we're insane and going crazy. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I knew and and see, here's the thing, you know, aside from her new job thing, last mm-hmm. year I was the one who said, we're not doing this again next year. But that's right. not what everybody heard. They heard, "Yeah, let's do this again next year." So, Yeah. And and that's the thing. And then everybody in the in the house specifically my wife is wondering why are we all so stressed right now? And I'm like, I already right. know the answer I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that it's ending. In fact, it's ending this week. Like that's, we've, that's, you know, yeah. we've already, cr- I mean, she's not quitting her job, but cross country has been done a couple weeks and soccer's oh. ending this week for both of them. So then finally it's pared back down to just quote normal, whatever that is. So you see what I'm <laughs> right. saying? So it's that seasonality right. thing. And, and again, that's one thing, but we're talking about, like, not just family. We're talking not just about work. We're talking about all these different areas in our lives that, you know, you feel like maybe you've plateaued. You haven't moved forward. You haven't had growth or, right. you know, and, and in other words, we're saying there are there are blind spots in your life that you're potentially having and you're not aware of them, which, again, you're blind to your blind spots, ironically. <laughs> You are.
1: And you know what, Eric, I I have to, I have to toot your horn a bit and also mention Ian Cron because for me, the Enneagram helped Mm -hmm. me recognize some blind spots. And I I think it is a very worthwhile exercise. I know some people are kind of anti-personality tests, but I think they're a very helpful tool when, I mean, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. You have to kind of measure it up with your life and just be really honest. But for me, um, envy is like my core sin on the Enneagram. So when I spent a lot of time on social media, like I can literally feel it. I can feel it, Eric. And it's <laughs> like I go into this almost like a downward spiral. And I'm an Enneagram four. So we're like already emotional and we're more prone to depression. And, you know, I, I'm a total writer. It's no surprise. Well,
0: and you're competitive. Like you've got. I am. I am to an
1: extent, I think it's, I think it's part of it is it's a funny thing as Enneagram fours. It's like, you want to be special and you want to be noticed, but you also want to be left alone, Mm -hmm. which I mean, you're just that dynamic. It's like, Oh man, that's pretty, pretty odd. But the knowing that the envy is an issue specifically for my type, I'm kind of like, you know what? That explains a lot. Even when I lived in Nashville and I have so many friends in Nashville and I do love Nashville, but it was hard for me to live there because I would see all of these people all of the time. And it was like, I couldn't really step away from it because I'd see it online and I'd see it in real life. So for me, you know, keeping in mind, okay, envy is an issue. And, and for me, honestly, the number one way to get around that is, you know, limit my social media and just encourage and support and cheer on other people because that right there makes a big difference. It's not a competition then it's more of a, you know, we're all in this together. And, uh, that has made a big difference for me.
0: Yeah. I think the other key piece there then is to know some of those people that you see online and, you know, depending upon your spheres of influence or your connections, knowing what's really going on behind the scenes. Like a lot of the time people aren't necessarily it's social media is a curated life. In other words, Mm -hmm. it's a presentation, um, For better or for worse, sometimes, you know, people lash out and are angry about all different things that are out there. But at the same time, think of an Instagram feed like it's a finely tuned and filtered set of specific images, snapshots of life. And not necessarily, you know, here's here's an inspiration. Here's an inspirational quote. Then here's a. uh you know, here's me with the perfect breakfast that I had on this vacation. Right, this right. Place that you pr- you can't afford. Here's yeah. this place that you know. I know. It's,
1: that's right, and that's the competition. Absolutely.
0: And and yet that's not reality. And I think that's part of it. Is is we you know and there's a quote by John Acuff, um, <laughs> something about, oh gosh, it's their their highlight. Don't compare their highlight reel to your what is it? You know this. I, I don't know that
1: specific going off the top of my head, but don't compare someone's, you know, ending to, to someone's middle or beginning. Yeah, yeah. That idea where you just you can't even compare. And I, I have to mention this, here because you might get a kick out of this on Instagram at certain points. Like I took a picture of my dirty dishes in my sink. I was like, here you go. <laughs> Here's something authentic for Instagram. I was like, you know, I mentioned like I, I mentioned some of the stuff that we're talking about. Life was going on. You know, the kids were sick. I think all like three of us were out and I was the only one who wasn't sick. And I was like, this is real life. Here's a picture of my dirty dishes in my sink. Yeah. This is w- what life really looks like. And I was just, I had a few people that are commenting. They're like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? You know, and I'm like, I'm like, it's called being a dad. It's called <laughs> being a parent. I'm like, I'm like, I, yeah, it's not really too high on my pr- priority list right now when, you know, you have to go to the, the drugstore and get medicine and all that. and just you know." Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's really important to be authentic, man. I think that is what separates um, the highlight real mentality. And when you're that authentic, when you're really trying to be self aware, you're you're gonna pick up more on those blind spots. You're going to say, okay, I'm I'm really noticing what's going on. What's going on with my body? What's going on with my mind? And you know, what's what's going on with my life? Because it's it's easy to just kind of get into autopilot. It's easy to, you know, post on social media a couple times a day and, you know, um, just really get into that kind of like a rhythm where you're not really as aware as you should or could be.
0: Yeah, Uh, I think one of those things. So then, you know, this is the very, you know, prescription type stuff of like, hey, look around on your calendar and see, you know, in journaling helps, too, if you have that go ahead and yes. you know do that if you haven't been doing that but if you have been doing that take a peek back and get a you know kind of a a bird's eye view of where you are right now um one take a look at that two don't go online don't go looking at other things and comparing yourself and some of the times you know feeling better is a matter of literally just saying for the next couple of days I'm going to make sure I take a nap or make yes. sure I take some walks and get outside in the sun, even if it's cold. Uh, maybe get out into a place where you can be in sun, but be indoors. Uh, drinking a lot of water instead of coffee. I know we all love mm-hmm. our coffee, but like you really and and you know it's hit or miss with which report you read. that says it's good for you, it's bad for you. It dehydrates right, right, you. Right. It doesn't dehydrate you. Fine, but let's just go with water for a while too. Anyways, you know yeah. and. You know, all of those things like pamper yourself, let yourself off the hook a little bit, like go to bed earlier, take those naps again, like I said, like do some of those things, take some multivitamins if you're, if you're not like a bunch of those different things, like physically, we are just not aware of how much like our body and our mood and our physical location. And and in other words, just physicalness affects our mood, affects our not just our mood but also then our thought processes our head and our heart are connected I, way more than we are aware of I so agree.
1: yeah um i a short little uh, side note on that eric for me even being home like working too much from home alone and yes. remember i'm a i'm a writer i'm an introvert but i still go out a lot i love to work at the coffee shop and literally that is kind of my office more so than my house. When I'm at home, I know just from his history, <laughs> I'm, I'm a million times more likely to you know watch Netflix or take a nap. I know this. I'm much more you know, self-aware over, over time that I'm going to get more sleepy. I mean, my, my desk is like 10 feet from my bed. So yeah. all I have to do is turn to the left and think, you know, a uh, little power nap. Little 15 minute power nap, you know, yeah.
0: I need well, to answer a bunch of emails. Let me lay yeah. down on my bed and use my phone I mean, for that. <laughs>
1: right? Right? Exactly. And it's, I've tried that before. It's like, oh, I'm going to work from bed. That's real productive, you know. Yeah. No, no, that's how you sleep. Um, and I think that for me, you know, getting away, being around other people, um, being aware if you're lonely. I mean, that's a real big one because I think that is where a lot of it starts because then you're like, off in your own little bubble. And I think a lot of people really struggle with that online where we kind of live our isolated online life. I mean, we're interacting with people online typing, but are we actually talking to other people or just being around other people? So I'll go to this really quiet coffee shop and you know, there's a few people coming in and out, but it's, it's nothing like crowded or too busy. And I just find I'm really productive there. And I think it's little tiny things like that where you can be just, just, tweak it, you know, try it out, try something different, go to a different place, go to the library. I think there is something about that. Like you said, the physicalness and it's, I think each environment really does help your mindset.
0: I'm all for creating a habitual you know, strategic location where, for example, here at my desk, I'm at a standing desk right now. And when I'm at this desk, work Mm -hmm. is happening. And then when I'm not working, I step away because then it's kind of, you know, mental triggers and things like that. But then, for example, later today, I am going to take a specific task to the coffee shop and work on it there because that environment lends itself to that. Not needing to have you know super focused concentration um, right. toward for that task, uh, it's actually more fun to go out and you know have coffee and have an atmosphere and have music playing and all that while I work on this thing specifically. And um, but then all those added benefits of hey, I may not be interacting with people, although I highly encourage that you do. Um, of course, you still got to get your work done, but right, right, right. the benefits of not being by yourself, by yourself, but being alone with others or alone and then not alone with others. In other words, being with other people, meet up with people. I mean, that's one of the yeah. things. I mean, I did an episode of this. I'll, I'll make sure to link it up in the show notes, but my friend Todd and I, like he, he is an Amazon listing copywriter for a prominent, uh, I mean, this, this place is a huge company, uh, uh-huh. in Indianapolis and he, is a remote worker like me and you know, I'll pick him up and then we'll go to the coffee shop. And then, you know, I mean, there was a time where we were taken every Monday and that's what we did was Monday was coffee shop day all day. I love it. And you know, that kind of worked for that season. It doesn't really work as well for our schedules. Now but we try to go for like an hour or two once a week. At this point, and he was the one that where, you know, we were working on stuff on a Saturday, we'd make it the, the, the productivity pub crawl where we'd go from <laughs> place to place to place and we'd have lunch at yeah. one place. And, you know, so we broke things up, but, uh, so these are all things that can combat, um, you know, this feeling stuck. Yeah. It's, it's breaking things up. It's, it's chunking the stuff down into smaller pieces. It's getting out of the norm. Yes. But, um, what if you discover that it's not just the feeling of stuck, but you are actually stuck. I think that's the other way we need to kind of pivot. Is saying,
1: Right, right. You really are stuck. You're yeah. just uncertain. You're, you know, overwhelmed. And I think in those cases, Eric, I think you absolutely have to surround yourself with encouragement. You need support. You need some, you know, people who can just pour into you. That's what, that's what really worked well for me. I was meeting people every single day for lunch and having coffee um, when I lived in Nashville and just learning from others and listening and um, just absorbing as much uh, creativity and as much uh, encouragement as you possibly can. I think that's really step number one.
0: I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and, and that's, again, one of those things where it's like, if I'm here too much all week with no one here, I mean, three-fourths of my workday, no one is here but me. That yeah. last fourth of the workday is when people start to get home from school right. and I may still have stuff to do. And often that's when I'll take off <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. that's when I can go and have like, a you know, an early afternoon coffee Yes, and then stay <laughs> and do some stuff. And then I come home at five yes. and it's like I was gone the whole day and they didn't right. know, you know, that kind of a thing.
1: Right. No, um, I do the exact same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but, but sometimes it's like, no, Hey, let me pick you up. You know, like my, I'll refer back to my friend Todd, like, like, hey, let's go to the coffee shop today. Cool. Let's have lunch. And then we'll go there and we'll have talked our stuff out at lunch. And then we can sit down and hit work because we're ready to sit back down and do that. I love my dogs like I love my children. I care about them, well, one more than the other, but we won't get into that. But I am committed to giving them both the best. And if you feel that way too, like your dog is a member of the family, then you've got to serve them top quality food that they deserve serve them Nom nom-nom. Nom. Nom Nom's made with 100% premium ingredients. That means zero fillers or funky stuff. My dogs love these great tasting meals and their nutritional needs are different than ours. That's why Nom Nom's nutrient-packed recipes are developed by board-certified veterinary nutritionists, freshly made and shipped free to your door. Right now, you can get a 50% no-risk two-week trial at trinom.com slash beyond. Say goodbye to boring dog food. Your dog deserves a real- reason to run to their bowl every single meal, every single day. And all dogs are individuals, so they deserve to be served like it. Nom, nom delivers freshly made dog food personalized to your dog's preferences and unique caloric needs. And again, 100% premium ingredients, no funky stuff. Go right now for 50% off your no risk 2-week trial at slash beyond That's try n o m . c o m beyond for 50% off. slash beyond When it comes to hiring, don't search for great talent match with them, thanks to Indeed. With Indeed, you can ditch that busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Indeed leverages over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, making their matching engine your go-to because it's constantly learning from your preferences, So the more you use it, the better it gets. I used to be involved giving my input into the hiring process for a few key roles that were connected to mine. And man, do I wish we had Indeed back then, because we could have gotten much higher quality hires using Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more
1: And I think too, Eric, like step number two for this, okay, you're really stuck you're you're meeting with other people, you're not isolated. That's what I'm really trying to get at with step one, don't be isolated. Yes. um you know, I think too, like we mentioned earlier, um getting physical as far as like physical activity, going for walks like i I literally was watching a video yesterday talking about all this extreme science for how your brain just lights up when you actually have time to think, and by the way having time to think is often not staring at a screen. It means going for a walk. It means, you know, taking a shower, all those mundane activities, cutting the grass. That's the kind of thing that can really give you time to think. And uh, once you do that, you're going to have some ideas. The problem is you might have a whole lot of fear kind of covering every idea, you know, self-editing and self-censoring each idea. You know, I mean, Eric, you you have a lot of ideas. You're an idea guy. I am, too. How many ideas would we shoot down if, if we were afraid, you know, if we would, like, never have any ideas that we tell anybody about if we were, like, you know, 100% confident about that idea? Right. So I think that's a big part of it. Don't you?
0: I, I mean, for me, a lot of it is, is I'll say I have all these ideas and they're all, like, written down and logged away, like, for someday maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid to do them but I know right now is not the time for them
1: because otherwise
0: (laughs) if I pull those out and try to do them, like I'll be so splinter focused, I would get none of them done or none of them would succeed. That's actually more the fear that I have.
1: I think, I think if you, you know yourself, if you have that history already kind of established, that's a great example of being super self-aware. And I really like that term splinter focused. I'm surprised I've not heard that before, (laughs) Um, but it's such a small thing. And, Having just like tiny, not even micro focus, it's slip, splinter focus. I really like that. Eric.
0: yeah. I mean, think of it as like a a like a I don't know. Think of a, tiny fragments all breaking <laughs> apart and away right. from whatever, splintering Split. off. And so, it's it's like you're giving your attention in such small minor amounts that it, it amounts to nothing really it you know it, the integrity of whatever the thing was previously it's now in splinters it's broken it's busted
1: yeah there's no foundation if yeah it, especially with the visualness of like a piece of wood there's no foundation if it's all splintered up and yeah yeah that's great
0: so uh, yeah I, and that's that's one of the other things is maybe part of your feeling stuck or pa- maybe part of your actually being stuck i should say is the fact that you're Attention is splintered. Maybe uh-huh. you have too much on your plate. And again, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier when it comes to the whole idea of is it a seasonal thing? So in my example, remember, where I was talking about all the different things that we're making right now, life yes. stressful for my family at large. We've got way too much on our plate. Yeah. Way too much. And it's not that any one person has too much in and of themselves, but collectively it yeah. then, especially for the parents where we have to get everybody everywhere and this and that and whatever, and top of our own yeah. things. It's like, yeah, there you go. So you probably need to take some sort of an inventory as another step as well. And here's another excuse to go to a coffee shop. Is <laughs> And I say this all the time, like go do a brain dump. Go. Yeah. You know, get that coffee, tea, whatever, and sit down, pad a paper and a pen. Do not type right. this up.
1: That's right. Thank you, sit Eric. There. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> sit there and just start writing down everything that comes to mind. Like, okay, yeah. day job. And then like, you know, if there's certain things under day job that you need to write out that are like on your mind, write them, you know, categorically underneath that. Then another one for like, do you have a side hustle of some sort? Fine. Then yeah. write that down. Yeah. Write down the relationships. Write down, um... I don't know. What are some of the other things that we need to write down? Um, things that, I mean, I think you could look at like the wheel of
1: life. I think All, you could get yes. something like that if you're not sure. Yeah. I know you mentioned that kind of briefly in our, in our first book that we worked mm-hmm. on together, uh, ready and fire, but I think you could literally go, you know, family health, you know, spiritual, emotional. I think you could really do it and put career. Um, and I think Eric, even for me, I'm, I like practical. I know you do too. I think just having all that on one page is a great first step, but you know if you could have a, a stack of those really cheap index cards, you know they're like a dollar. yeah. I think taking that page and then putting it on each card could really help you narrow it down because I, I don't like long- to-do lists. I really am anti-long-to-do lists because I just think there's something overwhelming by nature. If you're already overwhelmed and you put it on an overwhelming to-do list. It's not really, you know.
0: <laughs> well, and and here's the thing, I'm talking not necessarily that this is a list per se. Yeah. It's yeah. a get it all out of your head Stump. first. Yeah. I got
1: you. Just I would say that, yeah. Yeah, that just just,
0: just the release that you're going to feel from writing Girl. this stuff down and being aware of it. Suddenly, I mean, I've heard this from people who do this is and I've experienced it myself. Suddenly it's like well no wonder I'm stressed. I've got all of this on my mind right now. And and the next step after that brain dump is to look and say like okay, am I trying to put 100% of my effort that I'm capable of in all of these things? Because chances are, if that's true, <laughs> then you're trying to give 1000%, that's Im- and that's impossible. Can't do it. You know. Some of those things, I mean, first off, again, is there stuff on there that you can cut? Is there stuff that you can get rid of? Delegate. There things? Yeah. yeah. If you can't say no to it now because it's already been a yes and you can't go against your word um, in a, and still have integrity, then delegating it or um, doing some sort of blitz to get it done and off your plate. Kind mm-hmm. of things, you know, like that's and that again, that's going back to my example. Like it's like too many yeses were given out, yeah. and that's that was the problem, and that's been the problem in the past. Where I've specifically, like, I've had a day job, a podcast, and even a side project. Where I was, <laughs> I don't think I've ever told anybody this, and I think this is the first time anybody's going to be hear, hearing this on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, the university I used to work at asked me to write some curriculum for some adult courses. Oh man, on social media, and it was yeah. like. The stupidest thing I ever said yes to. And I was like, no, it's summer coming up here. I'll have time to like work on that. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of time spent and it took me lots longer than I wanted it to. And it was overwhelming and I should have never said yes to it. And, you know, I learned the lesson.
1: Yeah. I think it's so easy to say those yeses because... Let's let's back away and look at your family example. In my family, it's, it's very similar. I mean, we just don't do the sports. We know already the sports are like the big one. And thankfully, my kids are at the right age where we can literally just say, let's go to the park versus let's join a team. And uh, I think specifically, though, it's like each little yes. It's all good things. You know, um, cross country is a good thing. Soccer is a good thing. Um, you know, working a part time job, you know, all these different things we say yes to. They're all really good things but it's like a puzzle. And then those pieces just don't fit together. Um,
0: yeah. It's, and, it's opportunity and you have cost. to be
1: really aware. And you, I mean, it's, it sounds to me like Eric, it's like, it's so easy to kind of bypass the hard part of, okay, let's really sit and think about this. Let's really have the hard talk as a family. Um, and it's probably, you know, between you and your wife, it's easy to kind of skip over that because we're already busy and all these things are good so therefore the answer is yes
0: yeah exactly of course we're going to do that oh why couldn't we you know i think of it in terms of the budget if you're yeah. you know you get you know you get paid a certain amount just like we have a certain amount of time and you know that you have enough money in the bank to afford that 5 dollar coffee i've got mm-hmm. way more than that in the bank okay mm-hmm. cool well then it's really a no brainer to afford that coffee but you can't afford that coffee Every single day, because then right. if you're talking three, four five dollars, depending upon yep. where you're going,
1: 150 that's right there, $150. A month, yeah. Can yep. I aff-
0: now it's a whole other question? Can I <laughs> afford one hundred and fifty dollars this month on coffee? Okay. No. That's right. a stupid and, and and there you go. It's the opportunity yeah. cost of when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to another and vice versa. When you say no to something, you're saying yes to all the other things that that time or money or whatever the resource is can be spent on. So absolutely maybe you need to take a look at your time budget and see if you've been overspending and now you're suddenly realizing, "Oh crap. I'm I'm bankrupt." <laughs> maybe yeah, that's, maybe no, that's the stuck you're feeling.
1: I agree. And I think for us, especially as, uh, you know, as a lot of our work is mental, we're not out there, you know, doing physical labor as much. We're not, you know, out there building things with our hands or, you know, gardening per se. I think the fact that a lot of what we're doing is mental, Eric, is a huge part where, um, even if it works out time wise, it might not work out mental energy wise. And it gets, it gets more challenging when it's like with mental energy. Um, assigning values of mental energy, you know, when you're doing something. Uh, it's funny because I think that could be a lot of it when people really get stuck where like mental energy wise, you know, we want to assign every, oh, I did this in an hour last week. It'll take an hour this week.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Well, you know what? It may or may not. It might take an hour and a half. It might take 45 minutes. I think we have to have that buffer in our lives. I think we need to almost just literally – get better at planning and almost really adjusting. If we, if we already, you know, used a lot of really, you know, that deep work, that deep work mindset in our, you know, early in the morning, you're going to be doing admin stuff for the rest of the day. You're going to have to do the, you know, uh, less, you know, less aggressive work, the work that's a little bit easier. So I think it's almost like whatever we can do to boost our mental energy that's what's really going to help with battling overwhelm.
0: Well, and a lot of times that is not accounting for, nah, that's probably the wrong term. Uh, let's not use that one. Um, not budgeting for or assigning every mm-hmm. single moment of the day something. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
0: because then you have literally no wiggle room. The moving pieces then have nowhere to go and the, there's friction. You know how it feels. I mean, I, I, to, to stress this, like, say you have back to back meetings. You know how you feel
1: going from one
0: meeting to the next, back to back with no room in the middle of them. Now mm-hmm. imagine that feeling all day long, not just oh. with meetings, but with other things that you've made promises to others and yourself with. Yeah. That's not, it, it's not a Tetris game of your day. <laughs> like, you don't fit everything in. You have to make You know, and I'm saying like, you know what, block this out, you know, put the, put the hard timeline stamp, you know, stuff on your calendar where it's like, okay, from this point to this point, I am doing this or I am having this meeting Um, and then leave the gaps. I mean, that's the thing is, and again, part of this is strategic. Part of this is getting real strategic. In fact, where not only are you saying, I'm going to try to do less today, but I'm also going to, of the things that I say I'm going to do, I'm going to actually push them to completion.
1: Yeah, that's, I think, I think that's the hard part right there is the finishing, (laughs) excuse me, um, the completing things, because we can always just, you know, keep punting something down the field and, you know, pushing it off for tomorrow or later. Those are the two infamous words, you know, it's like, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it later or someday. And it's easy to just kind of go at it with a, let's just keep whittling at it. Let's just keep slowly, you know, progressing toward it. And I think that does, I think that's not a bad approach for, you know, depending on where you're at in life, that might be all you can do. You might not be able to write an entire chapter of a book, but you can write a few sentences or a page or something. Or you might not be able to, you know, start a podcast uh, today, but you might be able to you know, start outlining a a few different show topics or whatever. I think it's easy to overlook the importance of finishing. I think that's really easy to overlook.
0: Going back to the ambiguity of how much of our mental energy we're using at any given moment, Mm -hmm. when we know it's at least kind of a baseline of, at any given moment, 20% of the energy we're spending is our mental energy. So, you know, I mean, it's, which is funny because it's like, geez my brain is taking up my, I wish my brain burned more <laughs> calories while it was spending that. Energy. Right. Right. You know what I mean? But um yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because then the other key piece there is uh, with knowledge work, which, you know, a lot of people are doing when they're thinking and, or creating something that's not necessarily with their hands. And then, the, you know, not, not to discount those that are with their hands, but
1: oh, right. no, when you're doing
0: something not. with your hands, you kind of see tangibly what you finished for the day. It's not as easy when it's kind of pushing digital papers around. Yeah. You know. So that's why I- it's important to be uh you know fully aware of those kinds of you know have having a metric even. That's it's why I like having a to-do list to be honest. Yeah. It's I yeah. like having one and I like it where it doesn't like the stuff that I check off doesn't disappear uh as I check it off. I like seeing it all there at the end of the day and saying, look at all the stuff I did. I am awesome. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah. Having that got done list, I called it the got done list. right It really gives you momentum and power. And you can kind of look back and say, wow, I did all of that. And I also love like Trello or Asana when you have the visual, you know, moving it from one column to the next, where it's just such a little thing, but I think we're so visual. And I think that's where you know, seeing that something is accomplished, seeing that something is finished is really important because otherwise stuff starts to slip through the gaps and then you have a bunch of things that eventually pile up and then it's like, oh, I didn't complete this. I didn't com- didn't follow up on that email. I didn't update my social media. I didn't do all these different things. I think that's the source of overwhelm, Eric, because all of those are like negative energy, negative Negatives because they just weren't finished, I think those pile up. And that's where like a lot of that source of overwhelm is, especially if you combine that with other parts of life.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and again, this whole idea of that we're hearing, you know, made popular by Cal Newport and uh, the bullet journal and all these other, oh. and, and even Michael Hyatt's uh, journaling and oh. uh, what is it called? The, the planner, full, full focus, focus planner, planner like all of these. Non-digital tools for productivity and tracking or creating or managing our time, our tasks, our calendars, things like that are one, you know, I mean, again, I know Michael Hyatt's very proponent of that because of the way that your brain treats it differently. Um, I think he's right on with that. And I think that it, it definitely has to do with the fact that like. The tangibility of it by by having the list and having it not be. I mean, again, yeah, the downside is, oh, my tasks don't sync from my phone to my computer. (laughs) How will I ever keep track of them? Well, come on now. Like, yes, capture on your phone and then write it down in the task manager when you know or or have it
1: it's not that big a deal
0: it's not like geez people yeah like i don't know i I, now here's the thing i don't i don't use a non-digital task manager i use a digital one because i like being able to i I still just i'm not giving up on that just yet but um yeah it's it's interesting i you know i think there's
1: i think remember eric there's no one way and I think right, that right. I think they all obviously these things can complement each other really really well. And I, it's again the productivity is so personal; it's so it dependent. Um, I think too. Uh, I, again, I, I'm going to tap on the enneagram again. If you know you're analytical, I know you're a five, Eric. I yep. mean, if you know you're really analytical and you're like a teacher or a professor or have just kind of that mindset, it's going to be very different for you versus somebody who's more emotional. You know, I mean, I personally am emotional. I need the momentum angle. I need that, um, aspect in my productivity. If I don't have it, if I feel like already a little bit defeated, when I'm going into something, you can pretty much wave the white flag, frankly, for yeah. me. Yeah. So I need wins. I need little wins to give me momentum so I can emotionally feel like, you know, I absolutely know I'm going in the right direction. I can and will finish this. Versus the boy, I'm being an optimist, and I already know <laughs> I'm only going to knock off like three things on that really long list. So um, I think that you can totally work with what works for you, and you know, build something that works for you. And productivity systems and all the things we're talking about—they're all a work in progress. It's always a work in progress. Even the most amazing productivity minds in the world—they're a work in progress too. So and even those,
0: and even those minds are unproductive sometimes.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you you were just telling me earlier, you know, it's, (laughs) we all struggle with it. So um, we're all in this together. And I think that's why it's important to learn from each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think for me, again, going back to the, uh, the digital versus analog, that isn't really even a versus. It's which one is best for you, which one is... Uh, you know, or, and, or what combination is best for you of those two things? Maybe don't say it's one or the other, maybe say it's, it's both and, and figure out which one works for you best. Um, I think for me, the tangibility of paper, I like, I will literally, I'll be sitting in a meeting and to focus in a meeting, even if it's a video meeting and I'm not like in a room full of people, I will have a pad like a, a mini legal pad and a pen there so that I am focusing and I am not like taking notes digitally that easily feels like it's out into the ether. That said, I like cataloging and planning and put th- putting things and you know, ideas away digitally because then I can compact them all into a small space and have access to them at all times. Like you, you just, in other words, what I'm getting back to is this original thought that we're, we're asking throughout this conversation, which is this, are you stuck? And if you're stuck, how do you get unstuck? And part of what may be being stuck for you is your having like a log jam in your mind because you are not yeah. processing things the right way. And I don't mean uh, thinking about it right way, the right way, although that's another way to, to think about that. Uh, I I mean, maybe you've got so many different things going on and you're maybe don't have maybe it's not too much, but right. you're not. You you don't have a workflow in place, in other words. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And i i, I have to I have to mention again our buddy Mike Vardy. I I did some coaching for him uh, with Productivityist for a while, and I always noticed this common like pattern that really emerged, and it was always very very similar. Um, and I'm sure you've probably seen this here, Eric, where the people who are really really stuck with like productivity and just trying to get you know things finished or accomplished, or often they're just overwhelmed it's like, well, I'm trying Asana this week and I'm trying Trello. and I'm, It's like, I call it, it's yeah. like app, It's like the app hopping. Yeah. And I'm looking for this perfect app and I just want to try, you know, Todoist and all these. I mean, there's so many different ones and then they change and they get gobbled up by another company. Um, it's really annoying because you can't keep up. You never will um, with all the apps. And there is no perfect productivity app. You just have to... You know, start where you are, keep it simple, and learn to trust yourself. And maybe, maybe there's a reason you don't trust yourself. But once you start, start establishing, hey, I trust myself. You're also that's going to help a lot with getting unstuck. Once you trust yourself, confidence starts to come. You're going to see that you're again, you know, moving things forward and actually finishing.
0: Yeah, I, I just talked to the guy who created the the bullet journal. Um, he's got a book coming out. I think that'll be the episode probably right before this or something like that. I don't know. I don't always have a plan when it is that, you know, certain episodes are coming out in what order or anything like that. It's just, I record a whole bunch and then it's like, okay, now what order do these go in? But anyways, um, when it comes to productivity tools, my theory or my, my approach is this. Drive the beater car that you can already afford to get yes. the job done now. Yes. And if that means pad and paper to mark three or four things down today, and then you get those done, it's about getting to the destination. It's yeah. not about driving the fancy car. Right. Upgrade oh, later.
1: That's so, that's so true. And so. I think we worry about the upgrades and the models and the shininess of them all. And uh, so-and-so is driving this and so-and-so is driving that um, when it's, it's really what works for you. And I love the, uh, the story about George R R Martin, who like uses this old obsolete, you know, computer program that doesn't even exist anymore. And he writes like all of his novels on that. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of great creative minds, the more they focus on their own work and like actually doing their work, they're not too wrapped up in tools and it's, it's like a very different mindset. Tools can be procrastination,
0: frankly. Yeah. So I I don't know in in closing here, do we have some kind of final thoughts? I mean, we talked about having a self-awareness about, Mm-hmm. testing whether it is you're really stuck or not, or if you're just feeling it and kind of how to shake that off if you need to. And it, and it may not be as easy as just shaking it off, but it can be a, a process of crawling out from under it maybe. Um, and then we talked about being stuck literally. And some of the things that we can do there, is there anything we're missing in terms of getting unstuck? If we are literally stuck.
1: I mentioned, su- of- I mentioned support supports yes. a big one. Cause if you go in alone, you're going to get even more frustrated, frankly, Um, having that space, giving yourself space to really think. And, um, honestly, Eric, I would say in many cases, people need a coach. I'll be honest. I'm going to throw that in there. I think having a coach could be that, and it doesn't have to be a formal coach. Um, but again, that, that falls under support. That way you have some accountability built in there. Um, I think we pretty much covered it because a lot of it is really mindset and what doing whatever it takes to get your mind into the right place where you just know and feel a whole lot better. Um, and, and chalking up the easy wins is often like that really key component too.
0: Yeah. I, I think what you're hitting at there is get some momentum. Yep. Get, Absolutely. you know, have, I mean, if you're having trouble getting up, ask one, somebody to hold their hand out so you can lift yourself up or have them help pull yes. you up slash, Have them then, you know, walk with you slash, you know, metaphorically, go find a hill and slide down it. Start, you know, get some movement moving, you know, again, so that you can. Yeah. yeah.
1: What are you doing right? What are you doing right? That's a great, that's, I think that's the best, best way to start. What are you doing right? I think that's because, you know what, you're going to find that momentum there. And that's like the first question I love to ask people. It's like, well, what, what's going well? What do you feel is a strength right now? And. I think you're going to find something there. I think you could kind of analyze that, reverse engineer
0: that a little bit. Well, this is all good stuff. Let's see. Is there anything else you want to link to that I can put in the show notes and uh, we can point people to?
1: I I am actually rebranding because I want chaos in my life and I love chaos <laughs> so much. Um, you can um, uh, link to my new site uh, when this goes up. You're talking November, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Story, story Crafting is the new site. Perfect and i'm i'm actually going to release a podcast under that title as well Very so
0: cool.
1: i'm moving much toward much more towards story and fiction and you know movies and all that fun stuff versus awesome. uh you know a little less about productivity and all that but i'm sure you could find some you know overlap
0: <laughs> yeah jim awesome to uh talk with you again digitally in front of people so they could be envious of our fake lives of being awesome <laughs> at productivity.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Eric. I love the way you just put that. I'm going to laugh some more. it no, now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, good talking with you. See you soon. Good to
1: see you. Too. Take care.
0: So I want to say thanks again to Jim for making time to talk. And I hope you got something out of this episode. I hope that you gained some awareness. I hope that you gained some sense of where you are, if you are stuck in a way, or if you just feel stuck, which honestly is just as bad as being stuck. Really, if you feel stuck, you have to work to get out of that feeling stuck. So (laughs) I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna invalidate your feelings. But ultimately, I hope that in the end, If you were feeling stuck or if you are stuck or both, because if you are stuck, maybe it's good to realize you're stuck and feel it before you can do something about it. I hope that you got some ideas on how to get unstuck and how to maybe slow down, maintain a certain sense of momentum during this next season. Of course, these would work for any time of season, so it really doesn't matter. But again, like we talked about, this time of year is more prone to have that happen. So again, thanks to Jim for being here. Make sure to go check out his site at storycrafting.net to find the show notes for this episode. And please share this episode with someone you know would benefit from hearing it. And with that, I will see you next episode.